0: Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey.
1: Welcome to Light the Lamp here on DuckStream. I am your host, Alexis Downey. You are listening to episode number 70, and it's a new week here in Southern California, and we've got plenty of Ducks hockey. The games have been every other day. Four games total this week, all at Honda Center, so lots of opportunities to catch a game if you can. Tonight will be game number five of eight in this homestand, and this one's going to be against the Calgary Flames. Today is Tuesday, and the Flames are a team that the Ducks have already played twice this season. Now, interesting to note on the Ducks' end, Nikita Nestorenko will be making his NHL debut, also his debut with the Ducks, since he was acquired at the deadline from Minnesota. He will be wearing number 62. And the Ducks are coming off a tough loss to the Vancouver Canucks on Sunday, looking to bounce back tonight. The loss was 2-1, and the team has now won 2-1 and one in their last four games at Honda Center so far. Not much to take away from their game against the Canucks, but here are a few of AD's takeaways. Special teams has been lacking as of late with the Ducks. The team went 0 for 3 on the power play in this game, and they allowed one goal on the four chances that the Canucks had. So going 3 for 4 on the penalty kill at least. Now, the physicality in this game is what really lit the spark for the Ducks. They were pretty flat for the most part through the first period, and part of the second period as well. But Troy Terry had a big hit from Dakota Joshua in the second period. And the guys retaliated a little bit. We saw that from Ryan Strom, Trevor Zegris, And I felt like that was kind of the turning point in the game for the ducks. And the group then continued to play a little bit more solid in the third period, cutting that lead in half. So it was only a one goal game, but if you watch the game, it didn't really feel like it was a one goal game in the end. It felt very lopsided to the Canucks. They just used their speed throughout the whole game, creating a lot of chances, and the Ducks couldn't keep up. It felt like this was a little bit of a step back, as we've seen a little bit in the last week. The Islanders game was another example of that. So hopefully the Ducks will bounce back in their game against the Flames and then some of their other games at Honda Center the rest of the week. But let's go back a little bit also as to how this week started going back to Monday. It was the inaugural Ducks Alumni Golf Tournament held at Pelican Hill Golf Course. And I had the chance to catch up with some people at the event. It was raining all morning, but the guys were able to get out on the course and the rain slowed down and it made for an awesome day. So we caught up. With the host of the event, Steve Carroll, as well as two alumni who were taking part in the golf tournament. Those were Ryan Getzloff and Emerson Edom. Take a listen. All right, Steve Carroll, you're the host of the Ducks Alumni Golf Tournament, the inaugural one. It's a little wet here today, but how are you feeling for it?
0: Well, I'm wet, (laughs) first of all. No, looking forward to it. Whenever you have a first involving the Anaheim Ducks organization, and for me, it's a thrill because I've gotten to know some of these guys that used to play for the Anaheim Ducks, the Mighty Ducks. Uh, it's kind of neat to see them and spend some time talking to them, not disrupting their golf game by any means because I don't belong out there, so I keep my distance in that area, but I've already had a chance to meet with a couple of guys, and uh, you know hopefully the weather cooperates for the whole day but it's special and uh... you know i think the important thing is the memories you remember certain aspects of them when they played here during the good times during the bad times and uh... you relive some of the moments and uh... you get a smile on your face from saying hey you know what i was there for that and uh, this is a good group of people uh, that uh... Were members of this hockey club represented them extremely well away from the ice, were all part of it, whether they spent two weeks, three or four years. uh, This is one of the better group of athletes and just men that I've been around in my sports career.
1: Who is someone that you're looking forward to seeing today?
0: Oh boy, that's a very (laughs) good question. Well, first of all, anybody that can uh, shoot the ball straight from the tee, because I'm not very good as a golfer, of course, and uh, anybody that can do that, I immediately go up to him and say, hey, could you show me how to do this in a proper way? I guess maybe some of the uh, guys that played back uh, when I first started back, what, what was it, early 2000s, and, uh, you know, the Jason Marshall type, the David Carpa. In fact, I had some chance to meet with them and uh, just relive things about their days as a hockey player how does it compare to playing golf things like that so just holding a conversation with people like that for me is like a dream come true
1: what is the extent of your golf background since you've mentioned it a couple times already
0: well extremely good at miniature <laughs> golf uh although i lost a couple of balls playing that if you can believe that no i'm just kidding but uh I actually played with a bunch of buddies, grew up in St. Louis, and I could tell you some stories that probably I shouldn't, but uh, things that happen where you lose maybe 10 to 12 balls during a, a round of 18 holes, things like that, but... I wasn't very good on the golf course. I could putt a little bit, but uh, just, I think, again, the fellowship and the companionship of guys that you're just having a good time with, and they don't expect you to be good unless you have some financial aspect on the line, but then I don't take part in that actual aspect of the game, but, uh, you know, it's just fun. I wish I could be a little bit better, but you learn from these guys. They're so good athletes. You know, they play so many things. They play golf, they play hockey, they play baseball and basketball. And I'm always amazed at just how talented and skilled they are. So I'll be watching, just trying to pick up some pointers.
1: All right, Steve Carroll, have fun today.
0: All right, you too.
1: Ryan Getzloff, you're here for this uh, little bit of a rainy Ducks Alumni Golf inaugural tournament. How does it feel to see all the guys here?
2: Oh, it's good. I mean, obviously we're just catching up a little bit right now, but uh, this is not something that we usually plan for in California. So it's a, it's a rough start to the day, but I'm sure it'll lighten up and we'll have a good time. How
1: familiar are you with this co- course? Uh,
2: I've played here a lot. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, I've definitely been at this course uh, a lot since I've been here as a player. Do
1: you think you have a chance today to win?
2: I don't know. I haven't even met my team yet, so I think my team's still hiding out inside. <laughs> They're a little bit scared of the rain, and that's not a good start.
1: <laughs> Who are you most looking forward to seeing today?
2: Uh, probably prongs. I haven't seen them in a while. Um, mostly a lot of the other guys are somewhat local, so I see them around. And um, I haven't seen Chris in a long time. So,
1: All right, well, good luck today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Emerson Edom, you're here at the Ducks Alumni Golf Tournament. A uh, little rainy, but how are you feeling about being here?
2: Um, I'm terrible at golf, so <laughs> the rain, uh, if, I, uh, if I, I mean, I just need help with my golf game, and, and rain's not it, so... Uh, but anyway, I, I'm, it's good to see uh, you know, former colleagues, and uh, you know that's what it's about for me is just you know hanging out, talking with old uh, hockey buddies, uh, old teammates, um, staff that uh, I worked with, and uh, you know catch up that way. So that's that's what's most important to me.
1: Do you get to golf very often?
2: Um, no, I like I said I'm terrible. <laughs> I I have the worst slice ever, and uh, yeah, so I'm renting a set of clubs. Um, hopefully they're they're the best in the market because I'm gonna need it.
1: Do you know who you're matched with today?
2: Um, uh, I think uh, Merritt Truly is one of my partners. Uh, I got to check again. Uh, I think uh, a couple couple players that uh, bought a pot package. And uh, yeah, it's for a good cause. So. All
1: right, Emerson, have fun today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's step back and look at the NHL as a whole now and go coast to coast with goal calls from around the league beginning on Sunday night, the New York Rangers and Nashville Predators game. This was All New York at Madison Square Garden, six goals in the first period alone by the Rangers, and this helped them overall to a seven to nothing win. Now, New York became the sixth team in NHL history to record consecutive shutouts with a margin of six plus goals. They are putting so many pucks on the net. Now, in this one, Keandre Miller had his second goal in the first period, so two goals alone in that one. And this goal tied the Rangers franchise record for most goals in the first period. That was six, like I just mentioned. The team has now won four games in a row, and they remain in the top three in the Metropolitan. They are going to be a tough team as we come down to the stretch and to the playoffs. Listen to the call of Miller's second goal from MSG Radio Network.
0: Tackle off the boards, comes to Miller, shoots, he scores! A four-point period for Keandre Miller. The Rangers lead six.
1: The Ottawa Senators have been very up and down in recent games, but they found their groove on Monday night in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. And a big part of that was thanks to their goaltender, Dylan Ferguson, who made 48 saves on 49 shots In his very first NHL game for the Senators, congratulations to Dylan Ferguson, and he became the fourth NHL goaltender to make 48 saves in his first start. It was a 2-1 win at PPG Paints Arena for Ottawa. Drake Batherson netted a power play goal at the end of the third period that would be the game winner. This goal was his 21st of the season and his second game winner as a part of that Dean Brown has the call of the winner, plus some sound following an outstanding performance in net by Ferguson.
0: Uh Uh-oh, broken stick in there for Paling. Stutzla low to the corner. Back up high, Sanderson. Stutzla. Sanderson, his shot, blocked by Rust, clears it. Held in by Sanderson. No stick. Back in front. Scores! Puck is redirected by Batherson, and in, and Ottawa leads the game 2-1. 2 9 to go. Two huge rivals, and Claude wins it again, Dean.
2: Sanderson seals the puck, and that'll do it. Dylan Ferguson, in his first National Hockey League start, wins it 2-1 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, good on the young man, Dean. He was
0: focused and ready to go from the drop of the puck. He made 19 saves in period one alone, got himself into a groove, and stayed in that groove for a full 60 minutes. Ottawa ends... An 11 game losing streak here in the Berg, and they do some damage to the Penguins' playoff hopes.
1: Next up, the Florida Panthers took a 5 2 win at Little Caesars Arena on Monday over the Detroit Red Wings. And Alexander Barkoff became the all time points leader in Panthers franchise history when he assisted on Gustav Forsling's goal in the second period. Barkov now has 614 points in just 652 games played. And Florida moved into a playoff spot for the first time in nearly a month. Hear the call of the goal from Doug Pleggins.
0: Reinhardt backhand out to the far point. Ekblad drive and it deflects. It stays in play off the glass. Handled here on the near side by Barkov. Barkov behind the net, it's Reinhardt. Looking back for Barkov over his stick. Forsling, a shot, he scores! A laser beam from here on the near side. Top shelf, pass Husso, and the Panthers take a 3-1 lead. Gus Forsling let it rip, and there was no chance for Husso on that one. And Barkov should have the secondary assist on that, which means that would give him 614 points, and that will make him, the Panthers, all-time points leader and Barkov gets the acknowledgement from his teammates over on the bench. Alexander Barkov, the Panthers all-time points leader after he picks up an assist on that Gus Forsling point blast.
1: The Colorado Avalanche had a shutout performance against the Chicago Blackhawks on Monday night, stopping all of the blackhawks shots and making it a five nothing game colorado is certainly on a heater with six wins in a row right now and this is coming at the right time in the season goaltender alexander georgiev made 27 saves for the shutout and this tied him for first in the nhl with five shutouts through the season Forward Dennis Malgan had a three-point game with two goals and one assist. His first of the game came on a great play from Malgan, taking it into the zone, passing it off to Valerie Nichushkin, who passed it back to Malgan to put it on the net. Also to note some news that came out today from the Avalanche, they signed their head coach Jared Bednar to a three-year contract extension. Connor McGahey has the call of Malgan's goal.
0: Loose by Kachuk, his shot rolled off his stick. Now it's turned the other way by Mulgan. Track down from behind, Mulgan cuts to the middle. Morgan holding, leaves it for Nachushkin, back for Mulgan. he scores! What a play from Nachushkin to Dennis the Menace! And Mulgan links up for his ninth goal of the season. It's 2-0 Colorado. Mulgan skated it from his own blue line, across into the Chicago zone. Nachushkin had it at the slot. Got it back from Mulgan. Stalock could have sworn that Mulgan was going to go back to Nachushkin in front. And Mulgan, with about a seven degree angle at the goal line near side, put it into the net. That's a nice play from those two. And the avalanche. Breakthrough again, 13-43 to go in the second period. Colorado up by a pair.
1: Now the NHL announced today also that Fanatics will become the NHL's official on-ice uniform outfitter beginning in the 2024 25 season the two agreed on a 10 year partnership and this is the first time in professional sports that fanatics will have their logo on game uniforms now adidas had previously been the partner for the nhl since the 2017 2018 season Now to catch up on what's the latest in fantasy hockey, we welcome back Pete Jensen. Pete shares who his players to watch are right now as we get to the end of the season, as well as some of the surprises that this year has brought. Take a listen. Joining us now on light, the lamp is senior fantasy editor at the NHL, Pete Jensen, Pete, thanks for joining us back again here and, uh, catching us up on what's happening in fantasy hockey. But I want to start by congratulating you on your new baby boy.
2: Thanks so much. Yeah, we got baby Jack and baby Luke, uh, Jack is the younger, so excited to have, uh, two guys, top defense pair in the household, (laughs) I guess you could say. Uh, They're getting along really well, and it's been a crazy past couple of weeks, but crazy in a good way. Thanks so much.
1: Well, let's start by going back a little bit to the trade deadline. And uh, there was obviously a lot of moves at that point. But since then, who are some guys that have been impressive on their new teams?
2: I have to start with Jacob Rana, St. Louis Blues. I mean, he's got five goals already in six games. This is a guy that unfortunately, earlier in the year with the Red Wings, was in the player assistance program, uh, didn't really have a chance to redeem himself in Detroit. They traded him before the deadline, and he's been an amazing contributor for the Blues, playing on their top line with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, two breakout players from last year. The Blues are kind of retooling on the fly, but including Vrana, I feel like that's kind of A hidden gem, a guy that was a bit of a steal for them considering his time in Detroit. He was producing at a 30 to 35 goal pace for most of his tenure there when he was healthy. So uh, I'm excited what he could do over the long term and bounce back. And then another guy I really like uh, since the trade, Eunice Corposalo for the LA Kings. A bit of a tandem with Phoenix Copley, but Corposalo is the real deal. He has playoff pedigree. I think that can take the LA Kings to the next level.
1: Another guy on a new team is Matthias Eckholm. and he certainly has been someone that Edmonton has enjoyed having as a part of their group, but I think he's been also another guy that people can keep their eye on.
2: Definitely, and Tyson Barry exited the Oilers, leading the entire NHL among defensemen and power play points, uh, so they parted ways with a great player in that regard. But when you think about uh, more complete defensemen like Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard, what they're working with now, maybe it's better for them fantasy-wise, uh, reality-wise, uh, as they pur- pursue the Stanley Cup this coming spring. I really like that Ekholm addition. And I think maybe it could get them back to the Western Conference final where they were swept last year. Maybe it could help them get over the hump this year. That's a very significant addition fantasy and reality from the, from the deadline.
1: Well, the clear runaway pick for fantasy hockey player of the year has been Connor McDavid, but who is someone who has surprised you this season?
2: So I think this year also, uh, if you were saying like, who was the second or third most valuable player based on expectations, I think two guys that are in the running, two great young players that have really exploded in recent years, Tage Thompson from the Buffalo Mm -hmm. Sabres and Jason Robertson from the Dallas Stars. These guys have been in the top 10 overall in fantasy based on performance all season long. They caught my eye early. They went much lower than they deserve to based on how they're performing, and I think next year we'll look at both of those players. For up-and-coming teams, I think the Stars are a lot more proven and grizzled than the Sabres, but two teams that I think uh, will be real difference-makers down the stretch of the regular season and especially next season, like the Sabres I expect to make the playoffs next year Mm -hmm. and Dallas, as much as they have veterans like Ben and Sagan and guys like that, look at their young core with Ottinger and Wyatt Johnston and Jason Robertson, Miro Haskinen, the list goes on for that group.
1: Kind of going off of that too. Who are some of your early picks on the player side that might, you know, have standout seasons next year?
2: One guy I would keep an eye on, I was just talking about Buffalo, Devin Levi, uh, the goalie that they just signed from the NCAA, led the NCAA in save percentage each of the past two seasons for Northeastern. That's a guy, especially with the team concerns and struggles in the crease, I expect him to really make a difference for Buffalo as early as next season and be a top 10, top 15 fantasy goalie. Uh, Moving forward, so I don't know if he's going to get work down the stretch this season, but I already picked him up in a keeper dynasty league that I'm in and I'm excited about his prospects for the long term.
1: Who are a couple other goaltenders around the league this year who have stood out on that end too?
2: So I'll mention Thatcher Demko since he came back from injury. He's like six and two Mm -hmm. with a 920 plus save percentage that team in general really fell short of expectations earlier in the season but since but it corresponded with him being banged up and stuff like that they still have a great offense they have a nice little defense moving forward with uh, Quinn Hughes and Filip Ronick who they acquired before the deadline he's still out with an injury but moving forward i still think Vancouver believes that they have the talent to compete on a nightly basis when they are healthy and that's largely because of Thatcher Demko I thought it was a smart move to not trade him uh, from Vancouver's standpoint before the deadline. And that's a guy that I was high on in the preseason that I still, I think he's starting to revive his fantasy prospects for the rest of the season. And um, yeah, I also think that, you know, the Minnesota wild goalie tandem Mm -hmm. has been underrated Mm -hmm. uh, in the scope of the entire league. It's actually been one of the best team save percentages in the league. Top five with Marc-Andre Fleury. Slow start, but he's bounced back over the second half. And Philip Gustafson, remember when Cam Talbot got traded to the Senators Mm -hmm. and everyone was saying, oh, he's the missing piece for them to make the playoffs? Not so fast. He hasn't had a great contract year. And meanwhile, on the other side, Philip Gustafson has been one of the most efficient goalies in the entire league and has been a fantasy steal for sure.
1: Now, a team that has been finding a lot of success recently has been the New York Rangers. And obviously they've been in the headlines a lot since the trade deadline with their acquisitions. But why do you think that they have been so hot as of late as they get towards this end of the season?
2: I mean, they're an offensive team, you know, Mm -hmm. they with 22 goals in their past four games Uh, You know that they have a complete top six forward group. They have one of the best third lines in the league with Lafreniere and Hedl. Heedle's having a career year. They solidified their right wing uh, position in the best way imaginable before the deadline with Patrick Kane coming after the trade for Vladimir Tarasenko. So the team's loaded offensively. Really, it has like an all-star team if you could compose one. At least, I mean, going into the playoffs, you know that offense isn't going to be a problem. It's just do they have enough on the defensive side in front of Igor Shesterkin and can Shesterkin regain that off uh, that you know that elite form from last season that's really the question for me the rangers got deep in the playoffs last year and i think they're well equipped to do so again
1: A team that's also heating up, but out in the West has been the Colorado Avalanche. And obviously they've had a lot of injuries all season long, but they're coming together at the right time right now. Um, What have you liked in their recent play?
2: I mean, so many of their guys are contributing at such a high level when they are healthy. It's been next man up mentality for the Avalanche all season long. It's like when Lekkanen is out and Kale McCarr is out, then Bowen Byram steps up and now Nachuskin's getting going again. And Rantanen has been an MVP candidate for that team. McKinnon has also missed some time. Sam Girard having a nice second half to the season. The team is just so deep. When Evan Rodriguez has been healthy this year, He's been a guy that people should be targeting in the props market and DFS and picking up in season long leagues as well. So just a resilient group like we saw last year. If they get Lekkinen back at the right time, Landeskog back at the right time, uh, that team is going to go really deep in the playoffs once again. And how about Alexander Georgiev Mm -hmm. silencing his critics and quietly being a top five goalie in the entire NHL this season? You got to give props where it's due.
1: When you look at the Anaheim Ducks this season, so many young players and certainly they've contributed all season long. But in terms of the fantasy side for that, um, you know, how have you seen these young guys contribute on that end?
2: I mean, they still have a great core, even though they're non-contender at this point in time for mm-hmm. this particular season with McTavish and Terry and of course, Trevor Zgris and John Gibson in the crease. and. Uh, unfortunate long-term injury with Jamie Drysdale, but that's someone I'm really excited about for the future as well. So I still view the Ducks as being a team that I would target in keeper and dynasty leagues without question. It's just you know some growing pains and stuff like that, and some uh, a tough division uh, at one time or another. It's just uh, it's been uh, tough to navigate this particular season, but I still think they have one of the better young cores in the entire league. Very quietly.
1: So when you look at the season that you've had with your teams this year, how have you felt about how things have shaken out?
2: Yeah, I mean, there have been some surprises, some disappointments. I've been disappointed in guys uh, like Mo Sider for the Red Wings. I've been uh, disappointed in Demko, like I said, up until recently when he came back and has been on a tear. Uh, I've been very impressed by Tage Thompson. I've been, um, you know, it's one of my leagues I kind of, Got off to a slow start, and I was like, you know, should I tank for Connor Bedard? You know, there <laughs> you always have to think about that. But I've been able to rebound nicely. It's it's a, it's always a marathon. Uh, you don't always start as strong as you had hoped. I was high on teams like the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings. I was low on teams like the St. Louis Blues, which I predicted correctly. But there were always some, you know, some pri- surprises. I never would have seen the New Jersey Devils coming. I'm not surprised by Jack Hughes. I have him in one league. Uh, He's a top 10 overall player now and moving forward. But New Jersey caught me completely by surprise. I thought that division was going to be way too tough. Uh, But now they're ranked ahead of the Rangers in the standings. Who could have ever seen it coming?
1: (laughs) Pete Jensen, thank you so much for joining us today on DuckStream.
2: Anytime and appreciate the coverage. And you could definitely check out the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast wherever you get your podcasts, catch our work and our rankings, playoff previews, the whole bit, nhl.com slash fantasy. And thanks so much for having me on.
1: Now it's time for my final quack for this episode, where I share my last thoughts before the end of the show. There are only eight home games remaining for the Anaheim Ducks season. It's hard to believe that we're already at this point of the season. So make sure to come out for a game in these next couple weeks. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. Come back again next time for more Hockey Talk right here on DuckStream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on DuckStream.